when you go in on that job, you need to anoint the walls. You need to anoint the floor. You need to pelt the whole atmosphere with prayer and supplication unto God. You need to claim that territory in the name of the Lord so that when the enemy try to raise up his head, he can't figure out why he can't. This is the Faith Center Audio Experience, spreading the word of God around the world. Because with the sword of the spirit and the anointing of God, you can go forward. And the gates thereof are burned with fire. 
time. And it came to pass. When I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Mm. Nehemiah chapter 2 verses 4 through 8. Nehemiah chapter 2 verses 4 through 8. We're moving over there. Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? So I prayed. Come on and say he prayed. So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be, and when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it pleased the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come unto Judah. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace which appertained to the house and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. We'll end in Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. But it came to pass that when Sambalot heard that we build the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? <coughs> now Tobiah and now Tobiah the Amorite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Here, O oh God, O oh our God, for we are despised and turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity and cover not their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee. For they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. You may have your seats. <clears throat> One of the great things about the Word of God, as we read the story, his story, our story, 
there is so much less frustration, anguish, no worry or doubt because we are looking in the past and saw what God did then. What we must do is recognize that the same God, come on and say the same God. The same God that did it for them is yet very much alive now and he's able to do it again. Come on, look at somebody on the other side and say, God will do it again. There is nothing impossible unto God. We look at story after story. It was dismal. It looked like there's no way that you're going to be able to accomplish what you believe God called you to do and what he in fact called you to do. But God will intervene in your trauma, in your drama, and turn that thing around. You can cause yourself to have no worry if you remember these things. You have often heard me say, and I'm going to say it just a little different way, that I really want y'all to get this. You've often heard me say that nothing of great value or anything worthy of admiration or congratulations comes without great sacrifice, effort, or work. We look back at the patriarchs. We look at Abraham. We look at Moses, Isaac, Jacob. We look at Joshua. We look even at Jesus. And we tend to forget about the struggle <coughs> that they experienced to get to the place called victory. Can I let you know that it's worth the struggle? Yes, Can I let you know it's worth the battle? It's worth the fight? Look at somebody and say, hold on! Keeping on. You've got to keep on keeping on. Even in the matter of salvation, how many are saved today? Can I see the hands of those that are saved? And you know you're saved. You, you're not wondering about it. You're not questioning. You're not hoping. You know you're saved. Even in maintaining our salvation, there often is a struggle associated with it. And frequently our salvation, I know you don't want to admit this, but frequently, often our salvation is in need of repair. I'm going someplace. I'm going some. You love the Lord with all your heart, but every now and you trip up, you mess up. And some of you, I, I know it might hurt, I'm gonna, but every now and then some of you backslide. But thank God for mercy. Hmm. Thank God for mercy. One of the things that we all here today have in common, every one of us, is that there is something that we want to. There is something that we must complete. Come on and say complete. Uh, I don't want you to scare anybody, but look at them and say, you ain't finished yet. Yeah, if that's not proper English, just say, you are not finished yet. Mm -hmm. You're not finished. There's still something for you, you to do. There's improvement. You, you may be doing all right right now, but 
God wants you in a better place, a better place on your job, a better place in your home, a better place in your marriage, a better place in your relationship, a better place in gathering things and stuff, resources to the glory that will bring glory and honor to God. You can do better. You're not finished. You're not finished. The problem is that we have not even yet, many of us, begun. For some of us, the thing that we must complete is still a figment of our imagination. It's a dream, it's a thought. You can see it, it's complete in the spirit. But until, until there is a consolidation, until there is agreement that is complete in the spirit and complete in the natural, it's not whole. Amen. And will benefit you nothing. And so we live in the natural. How many know that we live in the natural? We're spiritual beings, but we're living in the natural. And there has to be a, a collaboration, there has to be a consolidation, there has to be a unity of the spiritual and the natural and when it comes together now it's complete. Look at somebody again and tell them you are not finished. The truth of the matter is that we all began with such feel of the zeal with such confidence uh, such joy I'm going to do this to the glory of God I'm going to live saved all the days of my life praise God I'm going to get that house praise God I'm going to be the best wife I'm going to be the best husband I'm going to be the best parent praise God I'm going to be the best supervisor I got this thing I'm, we started out with zeal but anything I told y'all that's worth having it's going to cost you. Yeah. I often told the story, and sometimes, seldom, more seldom now than I do. I remember when I, when I went in the Marine Corps, Paris Island, South Carolina, the home of the fleas that have no respect. It was hot, sweaty. And our orders were to stand at the position of attention on a hot summer day. Well, in South Carolina, it don't matter if it's summer or winter, it's usually hot. Is there a Marine in the house that know what I'm talking about? Mm. And we had to exercise the discipline not to swat, not to strike the net. And if in fact you did swat and by chance liquidate or cause the failure of life to that governmental issued net, it was necessary for a funeral. Dig a grave six feet to bury a net. Net. So you had to exercise great discipline to accomplish your purpose. Y'all looking at me funny. The worst part about it is if you messed up and, and got a little out of cell, once you dug that grave for that mat six feet under, you had to dig it up and pull it out again. Y'all don't want to hear me. They don't do the military like that anymore. They're very nice to those that go through. Uh, let, me, let me go on. But what it did was it instilled in us today what we needed for tomorrow. Because on tomorrow, there might be a sniper that's waiting to take you out. And if you're so inclined to slap yourself to try and liquidate, 
right now. It may give your position away, which will not only cause your demise, but the demise of the whole team. Oh, God is preparing somebody in the room, and it's necessary for you to exercise discipline in order for you to finish the unfinished work. But until you become self-controlled enough, God is not going to release the blessing to you because you're not ready for it. I hope I'm making myself clear. Because this story is more than just about a gnat. You gotta exercise self-discipline to finish the unfinished work. I want to talk to you today. I want to talk, I want to talk to you this morning, just got a few more minutes to go. I want to talk to you today about finishing the unfinished work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Turn to somebody, turn, turn to somebody, look at them eyeball to eyeball. Look at them right all in the eyeball. Tell them, you got to finish the unfinished work. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no matter what, it's not over till it's finished. You don't get the reward till it's finished. You, you don't get to, you, you don't get to rejoice and dance and all that carrying on. You don't get to have the party until it's finished. It's worth the sacrifice. It's worth the work. It's worth the tears. It's worth it <laughs> because the task that God has called us to is great. Ah, ah, Nehemiah was called to finish the wall. We look, that's what I'm saying, we look at just in a few scriptures, few, it talks about how he started, and yeah, he went through something, and then it was done, but you've got to, you've got to been there to really understand what it took. Look at him one more time, tell him, you must finish the unfinished work. Forgive me for just a moment. We we got to make it personal now. That was that's really, you know it's always easier to tell somebody else what to do, and less to tell ourselves what to do. We tell ourselves what to do, but then it's a whole other thing to get to doing it. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So Zan, you don't have to you don't have to FaceTime yourself, but everybody tell yourself, I must, I must finish, finish the unfinished work. Dealing with the story today, dealing with the story today, first of all, make no misunderstanding, misunderstanding. It was because of sin that the Jews were in this situation in the first place. We find that even as if you would read the scripture, when, when, when Nehemiah recognized the dire straits, the, the terrible situation that he was in, one of the first things when he does, one of the first things that he does is he begins to pray to God. Of course, and I'm going to talk about this, of course, the Bible says that he fasted and he prayed but you had to listen in on what he was saying to God one of the first things, he, he didn't ask God for what he wanted before he first repented how dare you ask God for something and you don't get your house in order first told y'all a few months ago first thing you gotta do is get your house in order, you want the blessings of God you want to be mightily used by God you want to preach preacher, you want to preach before thousands of people you want to see signs, miracles and wonders take place, but you gotta first get your house in order oh don't look at me, you women you men talking about getting a husband getting a wife, but you haven't got yourself together, and nobody wants you 
before you prepare yourself or before you call yourself ready for a husband or a wife, you got to clean your mess up. I'm treading on dangerous ground here. <laughs> I need security up here in the front because I might be stoned any moment now, but bear with me. Check yourself out! How dare you ask God for a husband? How dare you ask God for You can't even buy your own self a hamburger. And it's still payday. Excuse me, I, I feel a righteous indignation up in here. No money, no honey. And what's as important as finances to finance the home is integrity, credibility, character. Come on, some of us can I get oh, nobody won't you? say now, and, and I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to go off on this, but I, we used to have a saying back in the day, honey, you, you stank. I don't, I don't mean as in smelling good. Your stuff stank. In other words, your, your, your financial situation ain't up to par. Your, 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 your credibility isn't up to par. Your, your, your finances, your, your character, though, what you say, you, you, you have a loose affinity with truth. Very loose. You can't even tell the truth. Got to lie about everything. And can I tell y'all how close some of y'all come to lying? I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. If you don't stone me, might, might as well just go on. Ask, girl, you look at y'all. Is that your hair? Yes, my hair. I paid for it. You know, goodness well, that ain't what they're asking. We will dress up a lie in a minute. Well, there's a little, all right. And so the first thing that Nehemiah deals with when he comes before the Lord is he turns his plate down. That shows God I'm serious. That shows God I got a for real need. When, you, when you're ready to sacrifice of what you really need, uh, Job said, I'll give my necessary food. In other words, I'm going on a fast. I'm going to turn the plate down and say to God, Lord, I mean this thing. Lord, I need this like I need life. This is the substance that sustains me. But I'm willing to give it up for that which I need. Lord, I'm fasting. So the sacrifice came before the prayer. He sought to get himself right before he presented conversation before God. I'm trying to help somebody today, saints. And so the next thing he does is he prays, but he didn't ask for anything. He did not bring supplication. He brought communication. Supplication with prayer and supplication, the Bible says. With supplication, that's when you literally ask God for what you want. But prayer is communication. That's when you introduce yourself to God and say, Lord, here I am. And you begin to adore and adore the Lord. How great thou art. You're the creator of all that is. You are the blame. Ask for nothing yet. I just want you to know how I feel about you. And even so, before 
see, 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 this church is getting ready to go into prayer warfare. We're about to have a, a spiritual hospital in here, and we're going to have to bombard the heavens with prayer. So you're going to need to understand what it really takes to get godly and heavenly and spiritual results. We're expecting folk to be brought in in wheelchairs and perhaps even on, on those pushmobiles, whatever you call those things, those gurneys. I don't know if they still call them gurneys, but we're expecting people to come in that way. We're going to lay hands on the sick, and as the Bible says, they're going to get up and they're going to walk. We are expecting demon-possessed folk to come in, but when they leave, they're not going to be the same. We're expecting people with all kinds of issues and thoughts and plagues and, and, and such, but yet when they leave, not going to be the same. And so we see the first thing that he does. Is he confesses, if you read the scripture, he, he confesses, Lord, we've sinned. We're, we're, we're filthy. We're, we're not worthy. Lord, we're sinned. But if you're merciful. And so he prays. And you know, what God is trying to do with you, this is not the first time. We know it in the text. I, I really want y'all to read Nehemiah. What we note in the text is that when God arranges the setting for Nehemiah to be in position to bring about a change in Judah, it wasn't the first time he did that. For 14 years before this period, he sent Ezra and a remnant of the Jews from captivity back to Judah back to Jerusalem. Watch this. Their job was to rebuild the temple. So the temple was rebuilt, but it wasn't only to rebuild the temple. Well, here's the fact. It was to rebuild the house of God, which is the temple. Nehemiah was not sent back to rebuild the temple. He was sent back to repair what was broken down and to build up the people that they would get their rightful place in him. But it begins with the temple. Know ye not? Come on, somebody help me out. That we are the temple of God. What I'm trying to tell you, you got to get yourself together. Not just the temple, but everything that's in the temple. What kind of temple would it be if it's pretty on the outside, but like grave clothes and sepulchers and dead things on the inside? I'm quoting a scripture in the New Testament. Yes. Yes. First priority. Somebody said this is old-fashioned preaching. You got to get yourself together before you bring all your stuff to God, expecting a powerful change. Why? Because God is not going to allow you to be a filthy, nasty deliverer. Don't think. I know we present ourselves to God the way we are, but by the time we go, he sends us out to work, it's not going to be the same. You can't even be in the presence of God and stay the way you are if you first get in the presence of God. Because everybody talking about they praying and they fasting ain't really praying and fasting. Some folk is just not eating their choice selection of foods. You still eating? Talking about you going on a bean diet. That's the only thing you not eating. And you don't even like beans. And you call that a fast? 
If you're going to fast, <laughs> fast from what you really like. Y'all give me a little bit of time because I got to make this real today. I've got to help you understand. This is the word of the Lord. This is what God wants you to be. I, I'm going to fast from this dress and I'm going to fast from those things. You don't even like that dress. You don't even like, you could care less about it. I'm going to make a sacrifice and give this beautiful dress to sister so-and-so. You don't even want that dress. You don't even like that dress. You giving it away because you think <laughs> That she'll be less of a competition if she get this dress. If you want to give, give your best. Oh, That's what God did. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You talk about his best son. It was his only son. The son in whom he loved. That we who would believe and receive him might receive everlasting life. It cost him something. It cost him his best. manifested in your life so that you can rebuild the wall you got to give yourself you got to sacrifice and so he prays confessing the state of existence it's a mess here Lord in fact, if you read the Bible, those that he sent first, they had a, a job, a task. They rebuilt the temple. But instead of taking things as far as they should have, they took care of themselves. The Bible says that they built themselves fancy homes, nice homes, but forgot about the work of the Lord. You don't, you don't, don't start with me today. Some of us, God bless us real good. Give us that job that we cried for. Give us that job that we turned out and now we forgot who it was that we came to to get. And then we'll try and throw off on God. Well, Lord, you understand. No! He does not understand. Well, the truth is he does understand. You just a liar. You just out for what you can get. Some of us try to play God. How ridiculous is that? How can you play the one who knew you before you even was? How can you play the one who knows all things? He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's my God. He's everywhere at the same time. You can't run from God. You can't. He heard you in the closet when you were doing the things that you were doing in the darkness. You think he doesn't know? You think he hasn't peeped your card? God doesn't peep your card. He sees the card before you write on it. Y'all still with me? And so it was. The work was unfinished. They had nice houses. 
looking good, but the walls was in disrepair. And what happens was when we take care of ourselves but don't do what God sent us to do, we place ourselves in a vulnerable situation. <clears throat> Here's the reality of it. I'm, I'm going to take my time and I'm going to finish when I finish real soon. <laughs> Here is the situation. They took care of themselves. Whenever you only take care of yourself, you are yet vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. You're yet vulnerable to the, to, to the destruction of the enemy because you haven't completed the work. It's not just about you. It's not just that you and your family can eat and everybody around you starve when you've got plenty. No, it's not just about that. The Bible says they were living in comfortable homes. They did a little something, something. But yet the city, the walls were burnt down and they were vulnerable for the Amalekites. They were vulnerable for the Canaanites. They were vulnerable for all the enemy to come in and swoop them up. We can't have it like that. We've got to finish the unfinished work. Even your salvation, saints, you've got to be struck. You've got to fortify. Not just you, but your children. Because sometimes, oftentimes, the devil will try and get to you Sometimes the devil will try and use your job to get to you. What are you talking about, Bishop? When you go in on that job, you need to anoint the walls. You need to anoint the floor. You need to pelt the whole atmosphere with prayer and supplication unto God. You need to claim that territory from, the, you need to claim that territory in the name of the Lord so that when the enemy tries to raise up his head, he can't figure out why he can't. not just enough for you to have a cushioned, comfortable job. They need to know that you are a man or woman of God. We're living in a day when it's almost a shame to say you love God. No, 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 no. It's not a shame to say you love God. It, it seems to be a shame to say you love Jesus. Because I told y'all the other Sunday, everybody loves God. Problem is you don't know what God they're talking about. The God of this world. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Hallelujah. But we got to let somebody know that we love Jesus. That we stand. We're Jesus people. We're Jesus folk. Hallelujah. It's all right to say the name of God, and you ought to. But you better say in Jesus' name. Because the power. Oh, I'm not. Is to talk only. But you got to understand. The power is in the name of Jesus. Whatever we do, in his name, we'll cast out demons. In his name, we'll step on scorpions and it won't hurt us. In his name, we'll drink any deadly thing and it cannot hurt us. The power is in the name of Jesus. They don't have no problem with you talking about God. Has anybody ever noticed that? Movie stars, Zodiac folk, talking about they love God and their God. Now there's a trend that even now is they're moving away from God and talking about the universe. Talking about the universe bless you. And for what? Universe can't even help itself without God. Be careful. Alright, alright, I'm going there. I'm going there. I'm going there! He said, well, that's not me. We do things ignorantly. The Bible says my people perish.
because of what? A lack of knowledge. And many times, the, it's not that the knowledge is being withheld from us. We withhold ourselves from the truth. We withhold ourselves. We don't want to know because we lack what we see. And so we do like the pig. I mean, we do like everybody else does. We throw up signs and stuff we don't even know. You throwing zodiac signs and you you getting your body colored in variety of areas with green and red and pink and you don't even know what the meaning is of the symbol. I'm going in. But the Bible talks about those types of things. Anytime you put anything on your body, you ought to know what does it mean, where is it from. And y'all remember about four or five years ago when we had the prayer, everybody, that I was so shocked and surprised. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. <laughs> we had prayer for everybody that had what y'all call those things. Tattoos. Y'all was tacked up. Folk I never would have suspected was tacked up. I dare not ask you where is it because you couldn't see everything. Mm. But because you wanted to be cleaned and redeemed, praise God. Can I tell you something? Whatever you got yourself into, God is able to get you out of it. We talked about how much of the ink that they used was actually consecrated to unholy gods uh, from India and from other places. Literally, that ink was sacrificed and con there were sacrifices made and it was consecrated unto false and unholy gods and you allowed that to be put on you. But by the grace of God, we took the sting out of the stinger. By the grace of God. We took the power out of the powerless. By the grace of God, we were cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And now, if that thing still, still remains, it only remains to remind you of what you came out of. Remind you of what you came through. Remind you of what God brought you out of. Let me stay to the task. I want to talk about the power of prayer. Y'all still with me? Yes. Have I lost any members yet? No. Mm. All right, we're going to keep on. And so it was the story, but God is a God of a second chance. Anybody know that God is a God of a second chance? You mess up, it's not necessarily over if you turn your face to the Lord, if you get your house in order. If my people, help me out somebody, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my faith. You gotta get in the face of God, it's him and he alone. And turn from their what? Wicked ways. Then he says, will I hear from heaven? heal their land. I'll make everything alright. I'll change your situation. I'll send you what you need. I'll bless you. Hallelujah. That's the word of the Lord. And so there's a work that's unfinished saints. I, I dare you to take a moment to consider what you've started but you took a step back. I dare you to consider what you know God told you to do. You know he told you to do, but you slowed up. Until now, there's no motion. Finishing the unfinished work. God is calling us to get back to the task 
and finish what we know in our heart is his will. And so here it is. I love this about God. I love this about God. God divinely orchestrates a meeting between Nehemiah, his brother, and if you, if you read in the book and get an understanding, the theologians would say this, Hanani, or Hanani, Hanani, however you want to pronounce it, was actually his blood, blood brothers. He's the only brother that's mentioned of Nehemiah. See, God knows who you need in the midst to help you understand that this thing is real. But it wasn't just his brother that he sent to Shushan or that was in Shushan. It was also other men of Judah. The Bible says that Hanani and his, his brethren and others, other men of Judah, they were there in Shushan and I'm not fully aware of the purpose for which uh, Nehemiah was there, but the meeting was arranged by God. Hallelujah. See, God knows what you need. God knows what you need. How do you know, Bishop? First of all, we take a name. We take a look at the name uh, Shushan. I know that y'all don't understand this, but the name Shushan literally means lily. <laughs> I want you to see God has a sense of humor. God has a sense of humor because in that he's telling us who we need to have a meeting with today. Because the Bible lets us know he's the bright at morning star. The Bible lets us know that Jesus, what, what's his name? Jesus is a lily of a valley. Oh my God, my God, my God. We need to have a meeting. God will divinely set up a meeting between you and Jesus. You'll have an encounter and when you've been with Jesus, you can't deny that you've been with the Lord. You can't deny that you heard what you heard and saw what you saw. Oh, it was necessary for Moses to be convinced that God wanted to send him to transform the lives of the Israelites. And so God God provided a meeting on the mountain. Uh -huh. So take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. See, some of us to really get it, God's got to do something spectacular. Uh, otherwise, we're just attributed to, mm, oh, well, that's a phenomenon, but there's always phenomenon. No, God will, God knows how to get your attention. And he will for the sake of the cause, for the sake of the purpose. Jesus is known as the lily of the valley. When is the last time you've been in Shushan? When is the last time you had an encounter with Jesus? And what did he say to you? That's why, that's why I love, I love, y'all know what my Shushan is. I love to get in the shower, especially once a day. Love to get in the shower because it's there. It was there, my God, after I got out the shower last night, I had a talk with my wife and I said, I heard from God. I know what I've got to say. I don't know where your shoe shine is. I don't know where you're going to meet with the lily of the valley, where that meeting is. But God will speak to you. He'll give you direction. He'll give you understanding. And when he shows up, you've got to yield. Some folk, some folk when they call a meeting, you want to be the first one there so you can ask your questions and give your impartation. Can I tell you something? When you meet with God, shut your mouth. Ain't got to worry about telling them who done what to you and how bad this one's been. And Lord, you ought to kill that one over there. And she stays, she loved over there. She don't mean God knows the truth. It's all about you. If you're going to confess, confess about yourself. 
Because when you, <laughs> when you stand before God, he's not going to ask you, what did sister so-and-so do? No, it's all about you. What's your report? Am I helping somebody today? This is the word of the Lord. Get this. God is about to arrange a meeting and it's going to be about you. Some of the meetings you will be allowed to be a part of and some of them you will not. But you will reap the benefits of the meeting that God will arrange. And then there are some meetings that God's going to arrange and you're going to be right smack dab in Shushan in the middle of it. Can I tell y'all something? I felt this thing last night when I received it. There are times when I get a word from the Lord, I want to jump up and shout. There are times that I do get up and oh good. There's sometimes the word of God is so good I call my wife, baby, listen to what God said. Listen to what the Lord has said. I want y'all to know that some of y'all are one meeting away from your life being forever changed. One meeting, one meeting, one meeting with hallelujah, with somebody that God will play. Some of them you'll know, some of them, my God, you've never met before. But it doesn't matter. You're one meeting away from a tremendous blessing. What? My God. Hallelujah. Nehemiah didn't know what was going to happen when he came. He had no idea. He had no expectation. But God arranged him. You're one meeting away. I'm not going to tell you you're one meeting away from being a millionaire. If that be God's will, so be it. I'm not trying to be a millionaire. I'm just trying to have everything that God says is mine. I'm just trying to do everything that God called me to do. My God, if you follow the plan, the money will follow you. Follow you. If you follow the plan, the blessing will follow you. I don't have to seek money. All I have to do is seek the face of God. I don't have to... I don't have to chase money. If I chase my purpose, money will chase me down until it rests me, until it jumps all over me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Didn't he say? And then all of these other things. What's your other thing? You want somebody to love you? What's your other thing? You want finances? What's your other thing? You want a new car? What's your other thing? Seek ye first. God is an orderly God. He does everything with a purpose. If you follow his plan, his plan will follow you. If you follow his plan, his will shall be done in your life. Quit chasing what you think God said is yours. Seek ye first. You know why you got to seek first the kingdom of God? Because if you seek the things and stuff, you don't understand. Sometimes God will give you a plan. He'll say, go this way and follow me. And you think, that's all I got to do if I just follow him. But God will change up and say, now turn to the left. And the left don't look right. But when you turn to the left, baby, you'll find their life. And when you look over to, to the right side, you'll find that there was a deep incline. That if you would have kept walking in that way, you would have fell to your death. But I believe God. I obey God. That's why Peter said, I'd rather obey God than man. Because God knows what he's talking about. God's word is perfect. His will is perfect. Follow the word of the Lord. What Nehemiah does next. We talked about, in fact, I just got about five more minutes. 
know what Nehemiah does next. He first fasted. What he does next, it solidifies the anointing that has been waiting for him and catapults him into his divine destiny with clear and protected direction. I did say protected direction because where God guides, he provides. Where God directs, he protects. Wow, hallelujah. It doesn't matter what you feel about it. That's why we don't have to be afraid of anything. That's why God talks about, or the word talks about, there are two, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't know if I'm going to talk about that or not. I get so excited sometimes. This word of God is good. How many know that the word of God is good? Yes. But what he does next, even so, he fasts. I talked about that. He didn't just pray. He fervently prayed. See, pray, communicate. Talk to God. How you doing today, Lord? Bless you, Lord. What's your will for my life? You talking. I love you, Lord. Some of us even wake up singing a song. But when you fervently pray, that means you give it all you got. For the Bible says, my God, my God, James 5, verse 16, it says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. So we understand that there's something that we need from God. There's direction that we need from God. We ought to talk to God. We ought to pray for him. But now, now here it is. He, he wants you to understand the type of prayer, how you got to be. And I'm telling you that Nehemiah fervently prayed. In the next part, B says, the effectual fervent prayer. Of a what? A righteous man. Not just any old man. That's what I'm talking about. You got to get your house in order. You've got to be in order. You've got to belong to God. You've got to have, you've got to have credence. You've got to have clout. You've got to with God. Fervent prayer. And I like that word fervent. Literally, it is the word that we get the English word energy. Energio. It means efficient. It means with strength. Did y'all, I, I mean, if we were there, if, if we were there, y'all, y'all excuse me, if we were there when Nehemiah was praying, chances are he was snotting. Wow, yeah. yeah. He was, you know, you know, you mean that thing when you start snotting. Because you don't want nobody to see you snotting. That's real you. When you get ugly for God, when your mascara, oh, I'm sorry, they don't wear mascara anymore. When, when, when your makeup fades, when your makeup runs, trying to get off that face, when, when, you know, you know that's fervent prayer. You don't even care. Clothes messed up, wallowing all over the floor. Lord, that's fervent prayer. Lord, I don't care what I look like. I, the most important thing for me is to get into your face, Lord. I, I don't care if I come with scratched up knees and scratched up elbows. It's all worth it if I can get in your presence. I need to be in your face. Fervent prayer. Prayer with energy. That's how he prayed, and that's how we must pray. This earnest prayer, it actually solidifies, it seals the anointing in his life to do what God calls him. Yeah, I, I, got a, I got a better word. The, the, the medical people, medical people approach it, appreciate that. Let me see all the medical people. Anyone got anything to do with medical? I, I don't know. I don't, whatever it is, if you wash bedpans, you're in the medical field today. What, whatever it is, whatever it is, watch, watch this. Here's a, here's a great word. Here's a great word. 
His prayer, his fervent prayer, didn't just solidify the anointing in his life. It coagulated the anointing in his life. A life that we're, oh, God is so awesome. He talked to me last night. He talked to me last night. He talked. Man, that, that shower must have been about 15, 20 minutes. I heard the word coagulates. I like this because the anointing is in the blood of Jesus. And the problem with some of y'all is you get anointed. The blood of Jesus become powerful in your lives, but you get slippery and sliding and slip back until the blood, it's almost like it drips out. You need a coagulating agent to solidify the blood in your life. Hallelujah. When he prayed, hallelujah, the blood of Jesus tended to coagulate in his life. It couldn't sip out. It couldn't seep out. It couldn't be pushed out. But it was solidified. And therefore the blood was sustained in his life. That's what you need. You need the blood of Jesus to be solidified, to coagulate, so you'll stop losing the power because of foolish things. If you of those you'll keep on ticking even though you take a licking. Hallelujah. 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 I promise you, I don't want to stop now, but I'm through. I'm through. We're talking about prayer. When we come back, we're going to continue to see the power of prayer and how it made a difference. It began the journey, but it didn't end the journey. It starts with prayer. Anything that starts with prayer, if you're going to finish, must be sustained by prayer. God is calling this church to pray, not just pray or talk sick, but to pray fervently, to pray with energy, to pray with all your heart, to pray with everything that's in you, and watch what God will do. For he is a God that will not lie. He is a God that cannot lie. If God said it, he will hasten to perform it. But you got to be in the way of God. And when I talk about being in the way of God, I'm talking about being in the will of God. You got to check yourself every day. You got to get your house in order, but you can't just depart. You got to keep your house in order. You got to stay, and if you're going to stay, you got to pray. You got to last, and if you're going to last, you got to fast. These are the missing elements to too many of our lives. God is calling this church back to prayer, not just talking, but fervent prayer. For the fervent prayers of a righteous man, it avails much. It causes much success. God wants you to finish the work. God wants you to finish the wall. If you believe this word, somebody give God a break. Oh, yeah. 
Hallelujah. Pray so you can shame. Pray so you can stand. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I strive to convey to your people today the need, the necessity of fasting and praying. For there's power in prayer. Oh God, help us, Father, to accomplish all that we've started. And for those of us who have not yet started, help us to begin the Somebody